0: We are back, uh, back with a new episode finally on Cash. Wait, this is a new
1: episode? This is a new one. I thought we were going to reenact an old one. We're just going to word for word redo one? <laughs> Let's just mash them all together. Let's just do a cover of one of our old ones. <laughs> like someone took like a parachute, what was the parachute thing? The the fan. What? I don't know. It wasn't the, <laughs>
0: the what one. are you talking about?
1: Jetpack. Someone's oh, yeah. going to take a jetpack to a German farm and oh, stuff yeah. someone so- else in a tree.
0: Uh, the Sorry, I'm, we're already off so the. We're just those... going to remix all of our episodes yeah. in one big thing. because <laughs> everyone cool. eats a dick. That'll be the Middle Asian Mediocre uh, movie. <laughs> Could that be our slogan? Middle Asian Mediocre, everyone eats a dick. Yeah, I like it. Cool. Yeah. And then like our other one, of course, is The Worst Thing You Can Be in Life is Middle Asian <laughs> yeah. Mediocre. Well, this has been a good episode. Yeah, so we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> that, was, that was it, guys. Hope you enjoyed <laughs> episode 26. No, this is episode 26, though, and we are back. Oh. Uh we took we took a few weeks off. Yeah. Because the 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 world's collapsing. Yeah. And we just did not feel like this was <laughs> a great time for two white guys to be out here talking about some shit. That so, just does it. Yeah. So we sat back, we listened, we observed, we waited. And we feel like we can bring a story here. Uh didn't want to do one about murder. Yeah. There, there is apparently a couple of people that got murdered in this, but that's not like the big, that's not the center of the story. So, instead, this is a story that... It's like a side quest, the murders. Right. Okay. Yeah. It happened off camera. Yeah. Yeah, so you just hear about it later. Heard tell. tell. Uh So, yeah, we'll get into it here in a minute, but I think we've been off for three weeks, something like that, close to close to a month now. So, what's been... Uh, you've Everything's still been in quarantine, technically. Yeah. yeah. So, everything's starting to open up back around here, but... Still haven't done a comedy show, I'm, guess. I'm s- no, no,
1: I don't know if I'll... I've been... Guys Guys uh, approached me about doing shows in Akron. That's where I was booked before everything happened, but I just... With everything in the world and just my personal life, yeah. it's just like... I don't know. I was not, thinking about... I don't uh, have a lot of the comedy. Yeah. Or I, I'm still, like, you know, good humored you know, but just to, like, be on stage and, like, try to, like, like jump into that persona for 20 minutes right. or whatever... I don't yeah. know. People need to laugh, man. I know. Yeah. Well, you, they don't need to be seeing me then. Because I'm just going to bring them down. You can bring the funny.
0: <laughs> I thought about this the other day about stand-up comedy, and this is not um, in any way, shape, or form a new thought. Uh huh. But I just was... It's the only... Like, I was thinking about the comedians that are just offensive to, to be offensive. Yeah. And, like, the some of the comedians that say some shit, and then if somebody, like writes an article about it or goes on Twitter and knows a big thing. Then you get the whole, like, look, we're comedians. Like, yeah. this. And I was thinking about that and for the most part, I'm all for, like, you know, pretty much anything can be made into a joke. Yeah. It can be funny. I agree with that. But I think the more I've thought about it, like, what an asshole position to take to be like, no, I decided to be up on a stage yeah. and talking to a mic, so anything I say... <laughs> Is perfectly fine, and it's important, and it's important, yeah. and you can't judge me for it. Like yeah. I was just thinking, I was like, man, no, no comedian has ever been elected to be a comedian. Yeah. Like no crowd has ever begged some random dude to start being a comedian. Yeah, so they could hear their crazy thoughts. I mean, yeah, it's uh, I I don't want to go back to all, open
1: mics just to hear about like the corona stuff and just the worst takes. Yeah, offensive on everything corona happening. takes and yeah. I don't even. I would hope no one would try to joke about like the Black Lives Matter stuff, but oh, I'm sure there's around already, here. I'm sure probably it's happening. Yeah, like I've I've had to it's to kind of email my friend in Chilkahti that does shows. I mean, I've been thinking of some new premises and stuff, but I don't know. Just a lot. Like, of... Like it's root. just now opening up. I think I'd like to wait a little bit. Yeah, kind of see like if people <laughs> start getting sick from it. Right. Or, yeah. Because I don't want to be in a bar and I feel weird asking someone else to come to a bar, to, like watch me do like. Especially if it's like just the old jokes I was doing before everything. That's all I have.
0: Like, how important is it for you to go up to say that? Yeah. Like,
1: let's let's come talk. Come hear me joke about how sad I am.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're holding off on running uh, another Inception show. Yeah. Like, I think it's just smarter. There's some places starting back up with shows now, but we just like I don't know. I don't want to be the reason.
1: I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to be first. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. sit back and wait and see what happens. That's how I'm feeling. Like uh, orgies most of the time too. Oh, you don't want to? St- <laughs> yeah, you're not the starter. You're not the uh, the I'm guy never, that gets
0: the orgy started. I've never been in an orgy. Oh, me neither. <laughs> All right. I can't imagine. Like, what do you do while you wait? <laughs> say you are in an orgy. The guy that gets, or the girl, the person that gets it started. Like, it's always got to be the most charismatic person in the room. (laughs) Like, no doubt, the person with more confidence than everyone else (laughs) to just be like, because there's that mood. There's like, there has to be a moment where like a flip, like a flip switches, right? Yeah. You're not just like showing up and being like, let's fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's parties like that, but yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 It's got to be a weird, like, is everyone just looking around at everybody else? (laughs) Like, who's going, who's going to start this shit?
1: Yeah. Let's uh, spin the bottle. Get this thing going.
0: Yeah, does anybody still spin the bottle? <laughs> I do by myself did you ever my the practice.
1: Bottle? I did not. I did not. I think I they know. were doing a party once, and I haven't kissed anybody yet. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna go upstairs and check on your parents. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I would like find a reason to leave or
0: something. Well, I'm gonna make uh, sure your, your room's clean. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've so, I I've never thought it was. Uh, I always wondered if it was even a real thing as a kid. Yeah. I was like, I'm I bet sure. this was made up by movies and TV. Yeah, you know,
1: like they had that like seven minutes in heaven or whatever yeah. they like send kids in the you closet, closet That's never together. happened. But I didn't go to a lot of parties either. No, I never, I never knew any of those kids. Yeah, they yeah didn't. Was believe it or not. That was not mine. My... <laughs> Old Joel wasn't very popular <laughs> right. back in his uh, Same here. <laughs> younger school days. That's how we got days. to this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not just, I, I didn't just turn mediocre all of a no, sudden. No, 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 no. No, I... <laughs> I've been middle-aged my whole life. Twelve years it. old, sixth grade. Yeah, I earned this. I was like, "Hey, get your
0: elbows off the table, kid." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, we are going to uh, today talk about the Battle of Athens, Tennessee. Athens, Tennessee. It's also known sometimes as the uh, McMinn County War, and uh, the battle was a rebellion led by citizens in Athens and Etowah. Tennessee, I think I'm saying that right, Etowah, uh against the local government in August 1946. An uprising. An uprising. All right. Uh, the citizens, including some World War II veterans, accused the local officials of predatory policing, uh, policing, police brutality, political corruption, and voter intimidation. Ooh. So, thank God we don't have those things today. <laughs> yeah. That we've advanced as a society. What is it? 80 years later or something? So 46 to 2000 would be... 74 what, years. 54 years. That's uh, 2020. Another 20 to 74 uh, years. 74 years so, later. Yeah, so uh, I kind of told you before we started recording that what's what was an interesting thing to me about this story that we're going to get into is... So, it's all about um, just a group of citizens... With like it says, some World War II vets uh-huh. involved, but it's mo- it's just all about some citizens being like, "WW Two, like hey, we're fucking sick of this shit. Um, you know, you're not gonna do it anymore, and by whatever means necessary, we're changing it. So and back then, they didn't
1: have Facebook.
0: No, they did so not. So they couldn't just get like shares and stuff. I don't think they made a single meme oh, during man. this time. This is also known as the memeless war. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> they, they see
1: they jump straight to the uprise. <laughs> they went
0: right. They were like, you know, we're not fucking around with the cute little pics. <laughs> yeah, but what I thought was interesting. What it's it's interesting. It's um another little show of hypocrisy. When I googled this story to find more stuff about it, most of the stuff I could find were from either like, um, gun magazines mm-hmm. or uh organizations that are, like, pro-Constitution. Yeah. And have the very, like, usually, a lot of them are very uh, state rights. White! Get the government out, like. (laughs) And you kind of, like, read some of their other articles on the sites. Yeah. And it's all kind of a little bit, like, right-leaning. Uh-huh. And, like, this story is often, like, spoken about or written about in very, this is what America is. Like, this is an American citizen's Doing what their right is. This is what
1: made us great in the first place. You want to make us great again, Yeah, make us great
0: like back here in Athens, Tennessee. So, yeah, in 1946 in Athens, Tennessee, this was considered the proper thing to do. This was the American thing to do. Unlike now, where apparently... I mean, we had like a president in 46.
1: I mean, it's not like we were like just... Yeah, like you know, was it a couple of days after the Boston Tea Party or something? This right. is like so after this is, yeah, so pretty established America today. At this point. Some
0: people so- decide, hey, we've had enough of this bullshit, and they're immediately you know called you know riders and yeah, fucking everybody's taking a stance against Paris, them. And, and... So it's just interesting. But let's get into let's let's go ahead and get into this. So, in uh, McMinn County, Tennessee, in the early 1940s, the question was not if you farmed, but where you farmed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Athens, the county seat, lay between Knoxville and Chattanooga along U.S. Highway 11, which uh, wound its way through eastern Tennessee. This was the meeting place for farmers from all the surrounding communities, traveling along, traveling along narrow roads, planted the signs, urging them to, quote, see Rock City and, quote, get right with God. <laughs> Uh, They would rather gather on Saturdays beneath the courthouse elms to discuss politics and crops. There were barely 7,000 people in Athens, and many of its streets were still unpaved. Uh, The two big cities, some 50 miles away, had not yet begun their inevitable expansion, and the farmers' lives were simple and essentially unaffected by what they would have called the modern world. Many of them went without electricity... Uh, the land, their families, religion, politics, and the war dominated their talk and thoughts. They learned about God from the Bible and in tiny chapels along yellow dust roads. Their newspaper, the Daily Post Athenian, told them something of politics and war. But since since it chose to avoid intrigue or scandal, a story that smacked of both could be found only in the conversations of the folks who milled about the courthouse lawn on Saturdays. So the paper was very much... Uh, Just didn't want to rattle any feathers or... Kept it light. Yeah. So.
1: Skim the top, probably, of, like, what was going on. uh, I mean, it doesn't sound bad. If I'm being a little bit honest, I mean, I'm trying to, like, imagine what it would be like like that. Like, there's obviously no... I mean, there ain't no electricity. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just... It's your life. You get up. Like, you have a job to do.
0: Well, what was kind of happening is what happened for years before we got to where we are with social media and the internet, but it was mostly just media and everything going, hey, everything's fine, don't worry about what's happening, (laughs) everything's okay, and, like, you didn't know about, like, a lot of the corruption and shit, like, you didn't know, now we know everything that happens. Oh, yeah. So, like... We know shit as soon as it happens. (laughs) I mean, it feels like. I'm sure there's still a lot going on. Right. The world hasn't changed, but the spotlight has changed. Like, we see it all now, so... Uh, since the Civil War, political offices in McMinn County had gone to the Republicans, but in the 1930s, Tennessee began to fall under the control of Democratic bosses. To the west in Shelby County, E. H. Crump, the Memphis mayor, who had been ousted during his name is e. e. H. Crump. E. H. Crump. <laughs> uh, there's some good names coming that's, up in this story. That's a
1: really good name. Uh, he had
0: been ousted during his term. It's actually Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> Ernest Hemingway. Crump. But he didn't want to sound like no hippie. I just love that. This guy, I love that. Like the main villain in this kind of is Crump. Crump. And yeah. Now we have Crump. Oh so my god! If you, got, if you got Rump in your name, <laughs> you can get the fuck out. Uh, he was ousted during his term for failing to enforce prohibition. Uh, he Crump anti- did. Crump. Well, it doesn't sound too bad. Well, he's like, let them drink. Well, there's a reason why he didn't enforce it. <laughs> okay. Uh. And he sort of enforced it, sort of didn't. I'm sure it made him money. There you go. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> wow, white guy. What? Yeah. I can't believe I guessed that. And he fathered what would become the state's most political or most powerful political machine. Uh, Crump eventually controlled most of Tennessee. Crump. Along, with, <laughs> I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> along with the governor's <laughs> Every time office you say it. and a United States senator. Uh, in Eastern Tennessee, local and regional machines developed, which, lacking the sophistication and power of a Crump, <laughs> relied on intimidation and violence to control their constituents.
1: Crump sounds like somebody like that.
0: So here's a little bit about uh, Crump's uh, how his his political machine from the 1910s to the 1950s. Memphis was a uh, uh, under the direction of Boss Crump. <laughs> And his machine. He obtained a state law in 1911 to establish a small commission to manage the city. Uh, The city retained a form of commission government until 1967, but Crump was in full control at all times. He used all the familiar techniques of the big city boss, ballot uh, manipulation, patronage for friends, and frustrating bureaucratic obstacles for the opposition. Crump built a complex alliance with established power figures at the local, state, and national levels. He ensured that dissidents had little or no voice. At the center of his network was Cotton Row, the business arist- uh, aristocracy that dominated the big cotton industry. Second, he included the modernizers, which were business-oriented progressives... Mount up! ...who were... No, those are the regulators. Oh, regulators. <laughs> ...who were... Uh, most concerned with upgrading the city's waterfront, parks, highways, and skyscrapers, as well as a moderately good school system. So that's good. Yeah. Right? That that all sounds good. Yeah. Uh, This Crump guy, maybe he's not so bad. Working class whites got their share of jobs, but labor unions were of marginal influence. Roger Biles argues that the political system was virtually unchanged from 1910 into the 1950s and 60s, thanks to Crump's wire pulling. Uh, Crump was the leading Tennessee supporter of... Uh, Franklin Delano, Roosevelt and the new deal in return. The city received so much relief programs, which provided jobs for the unemployed as selected by machine lieutenants. The city also got major federal building projects, uh, which helped fund the business community. Crump incorporated the black leadership in his outer circle, dispensing patronage in return for, or another way to say that he basically bought the black vote. Yeah. Um, Memphis was one of the largest southern cities in which blacks could vote, but segregation was as rigid as anywhere. So a lot of that sounds like the providing jobs and all that, like, it's all good yeah. in one way, but...
1: But that's was, that's probably the part that the newspaper would report on I mean, it was, that you were talking about, it so it there's, like, more stuff done, underneath it.
0: It was all done to favor what Crump wanted done yeah. otherwise. Like, there was always a Cash 22 to all. Like,
1: he didn't just do something I mean, the, the New Deal
0: that Roosevelt put in, in the South, uh-huh. like, there's a whole, I mean, it could be a whole episode of talking about the New Deal, like, the, the pros and the cons of it. I mean, it's, it's a shitload.
1: I don't remember anything about the New Deal. Like, that sounds familiar from school. I'm like, yeah, I remember it's, yeah, not trying to learn to be, about
0: that. Uh, so, just a quick little bullet points here about Crump. Uh, he was a strong supporter of fire service, and for many years, the Memphis Fire Department was considered one of the best in the country, and it still has a high reputation. He believed that separate operations for each municipal municipal ugh, I can't say that word municipal utility were inherently inefficient, and combined them in the early 21st century. Memphis Light, Gas, and Water, one of the largest combined uh, utilities in the United States. So, like I know, that's gotta be shitty because. You have one place... Like, that's how it is around here. We got mon power. Yeah. And, like, you have one choice for your electric. Yeah, you can't
1: do... You can't, like, shop around for cheaper electric.
0: Uh, So you can kind of create a monopoly. Yeah. Crump thought that cities should not be too noisy. (laughs) Memphis had strong noise ordinances that are are more aggressively enforced than those of other jurisdictions. He was an early supporter of requiring automobile safety inspections. All of uh, Memphis registered... Which I am super against... Inspections because yeah. it's just fucking bullshit. Yeah, uh, uh, and, and who's then, inspecting the roads? Yeah, like, like we, they're inspecting our cars. Like who's out there? Right, like inspecting these roads. And then I roads. mean, you so you, you're forced to get an inspection, and then you're basically at the will of like an auto shop, like a yeah. the you know the place doing it, so they can basically say. Uh, it's going to be $4,000 to fix these things. Yeah.
1: Now I'm putting this sticker on your car. And you so have to more. Yeah. And you have
0: to pay for those. Cause that's the way you can get your inspection sticker yeah. or you have to turn on pay fines. And it's all Crump's fault. It's all Crump's fault.
1: God uh, damn it. Crump. His, I just wanted to say that
0: his association with Georgia tan, um, is kind of the least flattering part of his legacy. Uh, Georgia Tan enjoyed Crump's powerful protection in Memphis as she illegally placed babies in adoptive homes and the babies were often stolen. Ah. Yeah. So, uh, he... I was on board till stolen babies. (laughs) Okay. And, uh, I don't know, as of January 2007, um, because of that Georgia Tan, uh, certificates for, birth certificates for adoptees are sealed. So, like, it's kind of harder to see, like, if that's all on the up and up.
1: Imagine finding out you're stolen. Yeah. Like, they're like, no, no, I'm right here. <laughs> I'm like, I Like, no, 20 when years you were ago. a
0: baby. <laughs> uh, so, anyways. Uh, so, Crump, so anyways, Crump's power has set the scene for what's going to happen here. Uh, in 1936, the, the system descended upon McMinn County and the person of one Paul Cantrell, the hand-chosen Democratic candidate for sheriff that Crump chose, uh, Cantrell, who came from a family of money and influence in nearby Etowah, I'm definitely saying that wrong, uh, tied his campaign closely to the popularity of the Roosevelt administration and rode FDR's coattail, coattails to victory over his Republican component. Uh, fraud was suspected. To this day, many Athens citizens firmly believe that ballot boxes were swapped, but there was no proof. Over the following months and years, however, those who questioned the election would see their suspicions vindicated. The laws of Tennessee provided an opportunity for the uh, unscrupulous to prosper. The sheriff... And this is fucked up. The sheriff and his deputies received a fee for every person they booked, incarcerated, oh. and released. So Man, the, I feel that. You know how that is. Jesus. Yeah. That still happens in a lot of Ohio... Yeah. A lot of small little Ohio towns. Yeah. And I'm sure everywhere in the it's country. It's incentive the, oh. Uh. So the more transactions... Or the more, like, human interactions and uh-huh. pullover, you know, all that shit, the more money they would get. Uh, a voucher signed by the sheriff was all that was needed to collect the money from the courthouse. Deputies routinely boarded buses passing through and dragged uh, sleepy-eyed passengers to the jail to pay their $16.50 fine for drunkenness, whether they were guilty or not. Uh, so they would be thrown in jail and they pay Because there's a that, going on. Yeah.
1: So you couldn't... Yeah. That's insane.
0: Um, Arrests ran as high as 115 per weekend. Oh, my God. <laughs> just constantly arresting people, and then the sheriff would sign off, and they'd have to pay for the to get out. Uh, imagine just how busy their courts. Uh, that's like 460 probably, people a month. Yeah, because, I mean, well, there, there really wouldn't be, need to be much need for a court. It would yeah, just say like, hey, yeah, you're yeah. guilty. Pay this. Pay this, or we're not going to get out. you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, man. The fee system was profitable. Uh, but record keeping was required, and the money could be traced at least. It was less troublesome okay. to collect. So that kind. So like, imagine how much worse it could have been if they didn't. If they, like, they yeah. didn't have how to much keep, money you got on you. Yeah. Well, if they, they didn't have to keep better records, though, yeah, like they could have been doing. But they were. They did have to kind of keep a record of what they were doing. So since that was kind of putting a damper on the money they could make, it was easier for them to uh, collect kickbacks for allowing roadhouses to operate yeah. and sell booze and then the cooperative owners would point out the influential patrons so they wouldn't be bothered, and then everybody else was subject to shakedowns. So prostitution, liquor, and gambling grew so prevalent that it became common knowledge in Tennessee that Athens was just a wide-open place. Yeah. But if you had a little bit of money and you had a little bit of influence, you could just be fine, you could do whatever you wanted. Uh, Encouraged by his initial success, Cantrell began what began what would become a 10-year reign as the king of McMinn politics. In subsequent elections, ballot boxes were collected from the precincts and the results uh, tabulated in secret at the McMinn (laughs) County Jail in Athens County.
1: That's probably for the public's best.
0: That's just to make sure things are done correctly. It's in a police station. Yeah, you hippie. (laughs) Or in a county jail.
1: I've said hippie like three times now.
0: Uh, Opposition poll watchers were labeled as troublemakers and ejected from the precinct houses. The 1940 election sent George Woods, a plump and affable Etowah crony of Cantrell, to the state legislature. I hope in
1: the future I'm not described as plump. plump. Like whatever happens to me if you're out there listening, (laughs) if I gain any sort of notoriety just leave my goddamn size out of it, Okay. (laughs) Like, what, I, it's just,
0: it doesn't need to be, <laughs> so this fat bastard. <laughs> so this fat piece of shit. <laughs> Woods, George Woods promptly introduced uh, an act to redistrict McMinn County. It reduced the number of voting precincts from 23 to 12 God. and cut down the number of justices of the peace from 14 to seven. Of those seven, four were openly uh, Cantrell's men. When Governor Prentice Cooper signed Woods' bill into law on February 15th, 1941, uh, Republican opposition effectively died in McMinn County. McMinn County Court, which was still dominated by Republicans, directed the county, so they still had the majority there, uh, they directed the county to purchase voting machines. Uh Uh-huh. The Cantrell Democrats countered by having George Woods get a bill passed in Nashville uh, abolishing the court and then selling the machines to quote <laughs> save the county money. The Department of Justice records show investigations of electoral fraud in McMinn County in 1940, 1942, and 1944, all without resolution. Okay, so during the I'm civil-
1: right up during
0: the Civil War, deep within uh, McMinn County, they had sided, or during the Civil War, they just des- they had sided with the Union. Um, in 19 or in 1898, McMinn County had declared war on Spain two weeks before Washington did. <laughs> uh, so how could control? How could Kentrell have such undisputed control over a county noted for its independent and cantankerous spirit? Uh, one answer lies in the Second World War. Three thousand five hundred and twenty-six young men, about ten percent of McMinn's population, went off to fight. Wow. Most of those left behind, older and probably more timid than usual, contributed to the Cantrell machine's growth by remaining silent. Yeah. Still, as the war dragged on, people began to tell each other, uh, wait until the GIs get back. Things will be different. So during World War II, two servicemen that were on leave were shot and killed by Cantrell supporters. Damn. That's uh, something to do with, uh, It was. I think it was... Due to like uh, the prohibition stuff, like Uh they were probably there and had a drink, and shit got out of hand. Uh, The servicemen of McMinn County heard of what was going on, were anxious to get home and do something about it. The scene was right for a confrontation when McMinn County's GIs were demobilized in the summer of 1945. Veterans began returning home. By 1946, the streets of Athens County overflowed with uniforms. The Cantrell forces were not worried. Uh, when they arrived home, the deputies targeted the deputies ret- uh, targeted the returning GIs. One reported a lot of boys getting discharged were getting their pay, like getting paid yeah. the what they were owed. Well, deputies were running around four or five at a time, grabbing up every GI they could find and trying to get the money off of them. Ah, they were fee grabbers. There wasn't a salary back then. They weren't on a salary. Yeah. Bill White recalled coming home from overseas with mustering uh, with his pay in his pocket. There were several beer joints and honky-tonks around Athens. We were pretty wild. We started having trouble with law enforcement at that time because they started making a habit of picking up G.I.s and finding them heavily for most anything. They were kind of making a racket out of it. After long, hard years of service, most of us were hardcore veterans of World War II. We were used to drinking our liquor and our beer without being molested for it. When these things happened, the G.I.s got madder. The more G.I.s they arrested, the more they beat up, and the madder we got. Oh, no doubt. So at last the veterans chose to use the most basic right of democracy for which they had gone to war, the right to vote. In the early months of 1946, they decided in secret meetings to field a slate of their own candidates for the August elections. In May, they formed a nonpartisan political party. As the election approached, there were few overt signs of impending trouble, although to the citizens of McMinn County, it was apparent that something had to happen. There was too much at stake on both sides. The Daily Post Athenian was as usual silent. Uh, the most significant news posted item, all, horoscopes. <laughs> all horoscopes. Hey, stay out the streets! <laughs> it's gonna be a hot one. <laughs> the the most significant news item appeared on election eve, July thirty first, nineteen forty six, at the bottom of page one. Quote: VFW members in neighboring Blount County said that four hundred and fifty veterans were ready to ready to respond to any need in McMinn County. Above this was a report that Tony Pierce had killed a muskrat in his front yard.
1: (laughs) Man, I've heard about that Tony Pierce and that muskrat.
0: That was 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 a headline.
1: (laughs) Also, (laughs) Also, not only did old Tony kill that muskrat, yeah, sure there's (laughs) over 400 pissed off veterans. Yeah. Uh, Maybe pissed off too if you found a muskrat in your yard like Tony.
0: Like that's like I, that's some West Virginia shit. <laughs> the veterans fielded candidates for five offices, but the interests centered on the race for sheriff between Knox Henry, who had served in the North African campaign, and Paul Cantrell. Uh, the North African the ca- North Africa campaign was a campaign fought during World War II in North Africa from 1940 to 1943 which led to the surrender of all Axis forces in North Africa and an eventual allied invasion of Sicily, which immediately led to the Italian campaign, which culminated in the downfall of the fascist government in Italy and the elimination of Germany's main European ally. So this Knox Henry fought in like one of the yeah, more important...
1: Yeah, probably knows his shit a little bit. Yeah. Maybe uh, more than fucking Sheriff Dipshit. Yeah. Sheriff Dick Dick Cheese. <laughs> dick I've cheese. decided Dick Cheese is my new favorite thing to call people is a good one. Yeah, I mean, thank if, you.
0: And if you can prove it, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> see that dick you got to cheese. Shame him. Since the 1936 election, Cantrell had gone on to the legislature as state senator and installed Pat Mansfield as sheriff of McMinn County. And Mansfield had done very nicely for himself during his term of office. His four years of sheriff had netted him an estimated 104 thousand dollars <laughs> in the 40s. in so 1946. I don't know how much that would have been, but. Uh, But now, in 1946, Cantrell was back and running for sheriff, and Mansfield was running for state senator. In the final week, a flurry of advertisements appeared in the post-Athenian. Cantrell enumerated the accomplishments of the Democratic Party. Mansfield denied that two men arrested on July 30th with a shipment of liquor were deputies, even though they admitted they were, and Mm -hmm. had been delivering, quote, election whiskey. So that was a thing back in the day, during Prohibition, you would... Get a vote by hey if you if you come in and you vote for us well, here's some whiskey oh nice so that was like a yeah okay. that was a little bit of a scam or gimmick yeah. that be going on back then uh, downtown merchants announced that all stores would be closed on election day to give employees a chance to vote although this had not been necessary in previous elections uh, Cantrell warned that the veterans had printed sample ballots with the intention of stuffing ballot boxes. The veterans offered a one thousand dollar reward for verifiable information about election fraud and repeated a slogan that for weeks had sounded again and again had sounded off again and again from their car mounted loudspeakers. Your vote will be counted as cast. Two days before the election, the GIs ran an advertisement in the post Athenian quote These young men fought and won a war for good government. They know what it takes and what it means to have a clean government. And they are energetic enough, honest enough, and intelligent enough to give us good, clean government. A couple pages further on, the Democrats out there say, quote, Look at the facts, and you will vote for the Democratic ticket. The campaign fight is as old as the hills. It is a story of our, of the outs wanting back in. So yeah. basically, fuck those guys that left and went to fight yeah. the war. <laughs> uh, the next day, the paper reported that veterans from Blount County, Blount County had offered to come help watch the polls mansfield began building an army of his own quote it has or it has come to my attention he announced that certain elements intend to create a disturbance at and around the polls in order to see that law and order is maintained maintained i will have several hundred deputies patrolling the county (laughs) he hired all of them from outside the county some from out of the state they would crowd uh they would crowd inside every voting precinct and they would be armed I'm surprised he didn't announce that he was just going to read everybody's
1: mind for their vote. <laughs> like, this year? We don't have to worry about yeah. it. I already know. I win 75 to 25%. It was it was closer than what I thought. Little Dougie
0: Green <laughs> down the street. I know who he's voting for. <laughs> August 1st, 1946. Election Day found voters lined up early in the largest turnout in local history. Joining, joining them were some 300 of Sheriff Mansfield's special deputies his special deputy. special trouble began early that's like what you call like your
1: 4-year-old son you're like he's, he's my little special, special deputy? deputy?
0: huh
1: I am me I am dad me the baby, baby. <laughs>
0: uh 9:30 a.m. Walter Ellis Walter Ellis
1: you keep slipping into like this I know. like
0: accent when you are because i've read the story like five times and there's so much southern names uh, a legally appointed G.I. I feel like you're narrating the episode of Dukes of Hazzards. <laughs> Those some good old boys. <laughs> this, so that's, what, uh, that's what I think of when I think of Crump. Yeah. I think a boss hog? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a picture of him, too, and I'm like, that's a little boss hoggy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was a legally appointed G.I. representative at the first precinct in the courthouse. He was arrested and jailed for protesting irregularities and was charged with what he was told was a federal offense. Elsewhere, another GI poll watcher requested a ballot box be opened and certified as empty, and even though he was allowed to make that request by law, he was arrested and taken ah. to jail. Uh, sirens wailed throughout the morning, and police cruisers were seen speeding toward the jail. GIs began gathering on Washington Street outside L.L. Schaefer's jewelry store, which served as an office for their campaign manager, Jim Buttram, who had seen. He's action. got butt in his name. <laughs> Buttram. uh, (laughs) Buttram. Who had seen action. That's it. That's the episode. (laughs) That's it, man. (laughs) Crump. Crump Buttram. (laughs) uh, He had seen action in Africa, Sicily, Italy, and Normandy. Ain't no pussy. (laughs) No. Above the door, a sign read, uh, phone 787 Jim Buttram, the number to which voters were to report election fraud. Only after prolonged pounding did a harried, uh, which is a great sentence. It, Wait, they pounded what was Harry? Let's, let's get this sentence over. <laughs> Only after a prolonged pounding did a harried butterm. <laughs>
1: they pounded on a hairy
0: butt. Cautiously open the door to his comrades. <laughs> let me read that again. All right, I'm, I'm twelve. Read it again. Only after <laughs> pro. Let me let me read this real sexy. Level. Okay. Only after a prolonged (laughs) pounding did a Harry (laughs) butram cautiously
1: open the door to his comrades. He's like wearing lingerie and he kinda has like that one toe up a little bit where he's like Y'all caught me in a bad time Oh my
0: I was just showering Comrades (laughs) Comrades (laughs) I'm so harried Quit all that pounding. (laughs) Oh, this prolonged (laughs) pounding got me all (laughs) flustered. Uh, Oh, my
1: God. All right, people are dying. So anyways, Lindsey Graham.
0: uh, As more than 200 GIs filled the small store, the somber mood of their leader told them they were in trouble. He showed them copies of two telegrams dated July 22nd. Uh, One he had addressed to Governor Jim McCord, of Nashville, Tennessee, the other the other two, Attorney General Tom Clark of Washington, D.C. They requested assistance to ensure a fair election. Neither request had been answered. Ugh. Otto Kennedy. So, I mean, it sounds like they're trying their
1: hardest, like make this a fair fight. Yeah, they they just like want that's all they want.
0: They want to legally and
1: like since coming back from the war, they've just been getting screwed over by like the who's running the well town. the entire
0: time. Like a lot of those guys are in the war, they're hearing about all this shit that's happening yeah. in the town, like. These cops fucking arresting people for, you know, like just because so they can make money yeah. off of them. Yeah, they're like, it's a small town. Like, you know, everybody that's there. So, yeah. like, they're hearing about this shit. They're over there fighting a the goddamn war. And then they got to worry about what's going on with their, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so, yeah, they're just trying to win a fair election. Like, they're yeah. doing everything. No one's,
1: no one's helping. No yeah. one's listening.
0: Uh, Otto Kennedy. Nothing's changed. Well, because, and I mean, again, it goes back to fucking Crump. So, like, The political machine he has.
1: Yeah.
0: He's got a shitload of sway. He's got a shitload of power. It's like the same thing with Trump right now. Yeah. Nobody wants to step on his toes. Yeah. Like, all these other fucking Republicans, and even Democrats, they're terrified to fucking do anything. Yeah. Like, everyone's too goddamn afraid to, like, do anything to step up and be like, hey, I, you know, like, I'm a political leader. Like, everyone's just like, I'm just gonna sit back. Hopefully someone else does something. (laughs) And then, you know, like, a lot of the Republicans the Trump's people are like, I don't want to piss off the base. So it's kinda of like a, you got No one same, wants to
1: step up to the bully.
0: He's got that same thing here, like those the people that they requested assistance from, they, they don't wanna they don't wanna offer the help, shit goes sideways, and then then yeah. Trump and his people can't win and then it's kind of they're, they're the right? assholes that tried to help yep. fight against them. So, you know. Uh, so Otto Kennedy, who was not an ex GI himself, but a political advisor to the veterans entered the office and announced that Cantrell had posted armed guards at each precinct. They all knew that this move was in preparation for the 4 p.m. poll closings when the ballot boxes would be moved to the jail for accounting. Uh, A small group of the veterans demanded an armed mobilization and called for a leader. Uh, Butterim declined. (laughs) So did Otto Kennedy, but he did offer um, the back of his garage and tire shop across the street to be a meeting hall. The group crossed the street, held a meeting, and agreed that those who did not have weapons should go get them and return as quickly as possible. By 3 p.m., most were back at the garage and most were armed. Wow. <clears throat> at about this time, Tom Gillespie, an elderly black farmer from Union Road, stepped inside the 11th Precinct's polling place in the Athens Waterworks on Jackson Street. Now, this guy's name. It's Wendy Wise? W-I-N-D-Y. windy Wendy. And it's a guy? It's a guy. He's he's, windy. he's Wendy. Windy very wise. breezy. Yeah. Like who the fuck names anybody Wendy That sounds like a weatherman. I don't know if it's
1: like, I don't know if that was just his nickname and that's what they use, but Hey his name is Wendell and they called him Wendy. <laughs>
0: so he was a Cantrell guard. He told Gillespie, I'm not gonna say the first word. It's that one. Yeah. You can't vote here. When uh, Tom Gillespie protested Wise struck him with brass knuckles. Fuck that guy. Gillespie dropped his ballot and ran for the door. Wise pulled a pistol and shot him in the back as he reached the sidewalk. Jesus. For trying to vote. So, I mean, good thing times have changed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The first shot of the day brought crowds streaming up Jackson from the courthouse. Sheriff Mansfield's cruiser turned off College Street and screeched to a halt in front of the waterworks. And deputies loaded the bleeding... uh, G- black people Gillespie. were allowed
1: to vote at this point at this election you said yeah yeah so I mean he had every right to be there but I mean this guy just... 1946
0: yeah okay I mean yeah you can't vote here and then he just fucking like hauls off like when the guy was like I can vote here yeah fucking hauls off punches him with brass knuckles yeah. then as the dude tries to just get away from the situation he shoots, shoots him in the him goddamn back. back yeah
1: so this windy guy is just looking for trouble I mean that's yeah, just... just yeah
0: just no <laughs> fucking human decency <laughs> Um, Last time I voted, I don't think anyone there had brass knuckles. No, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> most of the people there look like they are very nice elderly yeah. humans. But, um, so yeah, like uh, the fucking sheriff and his deputies pull up as Gillespie's bleeding, and they pull him into their car. Uh, Mansfield ordered the precinct closed, posted four deputies outside to guard the waterworks, and then took Gillespie to jail. Ah! So,
1: you know... I mean, that's technically stealing police property with the bullet With the them. bullet. it's Yeah, yeah
0: that's true. Yeah. yeah. He was trying to run away with that bullet. <laughs> yeah, he was. So, uh, a dozen veterans... Oh, my God. A dozen veterans from the garage started up Jackson towards the waterworks. They were unarmed. Uh, during the confusion following the shooting, <clears throat> two GI poll watchers, Ed Vestal and Charles Scott, had been seized and held hostage inside the waterworks by old Wendy Wise... And another Cantrell deputy, Carl Neal. When the veterans reached the waterworks, the crowd began taunting the armed guards. As Wise and Neal stood at a window and watched the angry crowd outside, uh, Vestal and Scott, the G.I.s that got taken captive, That's plunged through the plate glass windows and ran bleeding for the protection of the crowd. Jeez. Uh, fucking Wise stepped through the broken glass, waved his pistol at several... and started waving his pistol. Uh, several veterans rushed forward but were quickly pulled back to safety. One of them shouted, let's go get our guns, and they left for the the garage. So, shits, here we go. It's popping off. Yeah. In the meantime, Chief Deputy Bo Dunn <laughs> had his men form a line from the building to his cruiser, and the ballot box was carried out to the car. Wise told Dunn about the GI's threat, so the Chief Deputy ordered two of his men to GI headquarters to arrest those to arrest anyone that Wise could identify. Two. The the rest of the deputies piled into the cruiser, which sped back towards the jail. When the two deputies reached the GI headquarters, they were disarmed and taken prisoner. <laughs> so were so were two others that were sent later as reinforcements. Just start, hey, we never heard from Randy. And just Bob keep saying it two by two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a crowd began to gather outside. Three more deputies came with pistols drawn, only to be pummeled and dragged inside. So that's up to uh, seven. Seven, yeah. Uh, The crowd began to demand that the captives be killed, and some of the veterans agreed. People are mad. GI advisor, uh, Republican election commissioner, and Republican party chairman, Otto Kennedy, asked Bill White what he was going to do. White said, I don't know, Otto. We might just kill him. Uh, This talk alarmed Otto Kennedy, and he left, vowing to have no part in murder. The crowd began to disperse, and most of the GIs left. Soon, a small group of them were left, alone with seven hostages. The veterans took the deputies, turned hostages to the woods, ten miles out of town, stripped them, beat them, and shackled them to trees. Gee. So, they didn't kill them. Yeah. Uh, it was better than what they would have, like, the one dude just hauled off and shot the guy in the back. Yeah. So, I, mean, I mean, it's better probably, I mean, not that it's I better doubt. better than the treatment they would have gotten. Yeah. Uh, a polling place for the 12th ah. Precinct had been set up in the back of the Dixie Cafe, across Hornsby Alley from the jail, and it was commanded by Minus Wilburn for Cantrell. Like, Minus, Wendy... I kind of like the name Minus. (laughs) Minus... I'm changing my name. Minus Wilburn. (laughs) Uh, Bob Harrell and Leslie Dooley, who had lost an arm in North Africa, were assigned as the GI Pole Watchers. Now, that's a cool way to be remembered, right? He's not pudgy or whatever. This guy (laughs) lost an arm in Africa. (laughs)
1: Lost an arm fight in the war. I bet he was fat as fuck, too, but and they, no still, they, him, they still lead with a, he lost an arm in the war. All right, what I'm if sorry. it was,
0: like, uh, Leslie Dooley who had lost his fat arm in the war? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ate his arm because he was so <laughs> hungry. Uh, at 3.45 p.m., uh, or wait a minute, throughout the day they observed they observed Wilburn, O-minus, letting minors vote, and handing cash to adult voters. Wow. Uh, At 3.45 p.m., when Wilburn attempted to allow a young woman to vote despite the fact that uh, she had no poll tax receipt. I don't know exactly what that would be. I'm assuming... I mean, I guess that's how you had to pay a tax to be able to vote. Wow. Which is crazy to me. Um, And her name did not appear on the registration list. Uh, Harold's What was his name? Bob Harrell. His patience gave out. As Wilburn reached to deposit the ballot, Harold grabbed his wrist. Wilburn slapped him across the head with a blackjack Jeez. and kicked him in the face as to the floor. Stevie Ray? Yes. Suckers got to know. <laughs> uh, then he closed the precinct. Nobody got that reference. <laughs> no. We did. We and, enjoyed it. Of the two of you that might have, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, then he closed the precinct, ordered Hornsby Alley blocked at both ends, and with a procession of, gu- procession of guards, crossed the lawn of the jail, with the ballot box, and the GIs as captives. Uh, Harold was brutally beaten and was taken to the hospital. So, at all of these precincts... Precincts, I can't say that word. At all of them, they're, like, letting these GIs have people watch the ballot boxes to make sure nothing's happening. The second some shit starts happening, they're like, alright, shut it down, shut (laughs) it down, it's over, block everything, and we're going to take the ballot boxes. Like, just no... They're not even trying to... Cover anything? No, I, yeah. just blatantly being like, "We've got to get this here,
1: so then we can lie about it." Yeah, who won?
0: Uh, the count. The Cantrell forces had calculated that if they if they could control the first, eleventh, and twelfth precincts and the in Athens and the one in Etowah, the election was theirs. The ballot boxes from the Waterworks, which was the eleventh, and the Dixie Cafe, which was the twelfth, were safely in the jail. The voting place for the first precinct uh, was the courthouse was barricaded by deputies who held four G.I.s hostage. And Paul Cantrell himself had Edouard under control. So they're thinking they've got this in the back. Mm-hmm. By 6 p.m. it seemed to be over. G.I. headquarters was deserted, and unhappy crowds moved quietly along the streets. Another election had been stolen, and nothing could be done about it. Bill White, who had fought in the Pacific while still in his teens and come home an ex-sergeant, had gotten angrier as the day wore on. At uh, 2 in the afternoon, he gathered a group of veterans in the garage saying, You call yourselves GIs, you go over there and fight for 3 or 4 years, you come back and you let a bunch of draft dodgers who stayed here where it was safe, and you were making it safe for them, and you let them push you around. If you people don't stop this, and now is the time and the place, you people wouldn't make a pimple on a fighting GI's ass. Get guns. In the early evening, White himself went to get the guns. He sent two GIs to get a truck and with a few other veterans, maybe a dozen or so, headed for the National Guard Armory. There, he said in a 1969 interview, he broke down the armory doors and took all the rifles, including two Thompson submachine guns, and all the ammunition we could carry. Loaded it up on the two-ton truck, went back to GI headquarters, and passed out 70 high-powered rifles and two bandoliers of ammunition with each one. So by 9 p.m., Paul Cantrell, Patton Mansfield, George Woods, uh, and about 50 deputies were locked inside the jail going through the ballot boxes. The, president, or the, presence, the presence of Mansfield and Woods meant that a majority of the election commission was on hand. So the tallies could be certified and validated on the spot. So they're just going to try to rush this shit through. Yeah,
1: they're going to certify their own shit. Yeah. Uh,
0: more deputies were still barricaded in the courthouse, but along the streets, none would, none would be seen. If the Cantrail forces had been a bit more wary, they might have spotted some shadows slipping up the embankment directly across the street from the jail. Opinion differs opinion differs on exactly how the challenge was issued. White says he was the one to call it out. Quote, would you damn bastards bring those damn ballot boxes out here? Or we're we gonna have to or we're gonna get sets we're gonna set siege against the jail and blow it down. Moments will huff and I'll puff. Uh, Moments later, the night exploded and automatic weapons Damn. fire punctuated by shotgun blast. I fired the first shot, White claimed. Then everybody started shooting from our side. A deputy ran for the jail. I shot him. He wheeled and fell inside of the jail. Bullets ricocheted up and down White Street. I shot a second man. His leg fell out, full out from underneath him, and he crawled under a car. The veterans bombarded the jail for hours. But Cantrell and his accomplices, secure behind the red brick walls, refused to surrender. As the uncertain battle dragged past midnight, the G.I.s began to have some uneasy second thoughts. <laughs> they knew that they had violated local, state, and federal laws, and if Cantrell was not routed out before his rescuers arrived, they might spend the rest of their lives in prisons. Rumors compounded their fears, because uh, people were starting to say the National Guard was on its way. Yeah. The, states, the state troopers were already, are already there, uh, and then people were saying some guy named Birch Biggs and his gang are coming, which apparently Biggs was like, Another politician that was more ruthless than most. So he, he was coming to help. That's what, there's a lot of rumors, like all these outside forces yeah. coming in. Uh, if the veterans had known the truth, they would have been less apprehensive. George Woods had telephoned Biggs earlier that night for help. Biggs was not there, but his son, Broughton, took the call. His answer was, do you think I'm crazy? <laughs> Woods, and then Woods, uh, George Woods, he just left town. As soon as he realized shit wasn't coming. Oh, yeah. uh, the veterans were eager to end the battle. Some of them made Molotov cocktails. Others went to the county supply house for dynamite. Jeez. The gasoline bombs proved ineffective, but at 2.30 a.m., the dynamite arrived. At about this time, an ambulance pulled around to the north side of the jail. Assuming it was for the evacuation of the wounded, the veterans let it pass. Two men jumped in, but then, instead of returning to the hospital, the ambulance sped north out of town. The two men that jumped in it were, Pat, were Paul Cantrell and Pat Mansfield. Jeez. At 2.48 a.m., the first dynamite was tossed towards the jail. It landed under Bo Dunn's cruiser, and the explosion the explosion flipped the vehicle over on its top, leaving its wheel spinning. Three more bundles of dynamite were thrown almost simultaneously. One landed on the jail porch roof, another under Mansfield's car, and the third struck the jail wall. The explosions rattled windows throughout the town. Leaves fell from the trees. Uh, debris scattered for blocks, and the jailhouse porch jumped off its foundation. (laughs) The deputies barricaded in the courthouse a block away, rushed onto the balcony, eager to surrender. The jail's defenders staggered from the ruined stronghold and handed the the ballot boxes over to the veterans. With the Cantrell forces conquered, ten years of suppressed rage exploded. The townspeople set upon the captured deputies, and if it wasn't for the G.I.s, probably would have killed all of them. Wow. Uh, Minus Wilburn... Um, who was particularly unpopular, had his throat slashed. A guy named Biscuit Ferris... Wendy? B- Wendy had a, No, Minus. Oh, a, Minus. Okay, minus yeah. had his throat slashed. Uh, Biscuit Ferris, who was a prison superintendent, had his jaw shattered by a bullet. And Wendy, your boy, yeah. was kicked and beaten senseless. All
1: right.
0: Joined by a number of their fellows, the GIs cleared the jail of the rioters and locked up the prisoners for the night. At dawn, the veterans slipped from the jail, made their way through the... Uh, through the what leftovers of the battle, and dispersed into what they hoped to be anonymity. An, I can't say that. Anonymity. Anonymity. <laughs> they didn't want no one to know. Him. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> miraculously, there had been no deaths. Huh. So, like, even though they uh... that did the guy's throat slash, so didn't even die? the throat slash didn't die. Oh, I got a hell of a scar though. Oh man. yeah, he probably looks cool. He yeah, probably looks cool. Shit, his name is
1: minus. Got a scar <laughs> from a fucking mine. battle
0: in America in the late forties. <laughs> That's, That's pretty, fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, but on uh, but so there had been no deaths. But on August second, a page one headline in the New York Times wrongly trumpeted the news: Tennessee sheriff is slain in primary day violence. Uh. So, so a lot like the media today, where they just say some shit. They get it wrong. They bend it. Uh, All day long, reporters with cameras and notebooks poured into the town to photograph, question, analyze, and write. And every newcomer passed the sign on Highway 11 that read, Welcome to Athens, the friendly city. (laughs) Uh, The victory of the veterans that night in August 1946 appeared at first to have settled nothing. The national press was almost unanimous in condemning the actions of the G.I.s, and an editorial perhaps best reflecting the ambivalence of a startled nation. The New York Times concluded... Uh, Corruption, when and where it exists, demands reform, and even in the most corrupt and boss-ridden communities, there are peaceful means by which reform can be achieved. But there is no substitute in a democracy for orderly process. Uh, The syndicated columnist Robert C. Rourke commented, There is very little difference, essentially, between a vigilante and a member of a lynch mob, and if we are seeking an answer to crooked politics, the one that the Athens boys just propounded sure ain't it. Commonweal cautiously compared the battle to the American Revolution, then went on to say that nothing could be more dangerous for both of our liberties and our welfare than the making of the McMinn County Revolution into a habit. So, like you get the same things happening right now. Like yeah. everybody comes but out. But how against, would it
1: have been changed otherwise if they're controlling the ballots, controlling never the voting?
0: never It
1: would. Yeah. It would. I mean, it would still be somewhat of a part of it. it would probably still be going today. Like it might not be like as corrupt there, but I'm sure it would be some family member. Of fucking
0: yeah. Cantrell or something, you know? Yeah, I mean so, that's like,
1: how else is shit going to change?
0: And I mean, like,
1: especially when it's at that point, like it was there. When
0: this kind of shit happens, it usually look back on in better light. Like you look back on it, and you're like, fucking, thank God that happened. Yeah. So, uh, in the early days of August 1946, a power vacuum existed in McMinn <laughs> County that easily could have been could have spawned anarchy. Armed GI's patrolled streets that were still tense with rumors of a Mansfield Army poised to reclaim Athens hundreds of men were issued permits to carry weapons and machine guns on rooftops guarded the approaches to town Ah. several times groups of veterans rushed to barricade roads and occasionally they terrorized innocent travelers in their attempt to thwart an evasion that never came
1: so they're paranoid
0: (laughs) on August 4th Pat Mansfield telegraphed his resignation as sheriff of McMinn County to (laughs) to Governor McCord and requested that Knox Henry fill his unexpired term So that was the guy that was he was running that Paul Cantrell was running against, Uh uh, which would end on September first. Knox Henry was appointed immediately, and the next day, State Representative George Woods returned to the county under GI protection to convene the election commission and certify the election. A cheer rang out in the courthouse when Woods rose as the canvas ended and announced that Knox Henry was elected sheriff by a vote of two thousand one hundred seventy-five to one thousand two hundred seventy. Damn. On August 11, 1946, the five GIs elected to office in McMinn announced that they would return to the county all fees in excess of $5,000. Elsewhere in Tennessee, E.H. Crump and his machine were finally on the way out with the election of Governor Gordon Browning and a young United States Senator, uh, este- Estes, Estes Kev- kefevar Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Maybe. <laughs> ten out of ten. For a full <laughs> year afterwards... The national press seized upon the most insignificant news from Athens as evidence of the veterans' lawlessness. There was indeed, remarkably, little criminal prosecution in the wake of that violent night. Only one man had charges brought against him, Wendy Wise, Ah. the deputy who shot the old black farmer Tom Gillespie. He drew a sentence of one to to three years in the fucking back. After After punching him him with
1: fucking brass knuckles. Fuck uh, that guy.
0: As for the larger results of the Athens Rebellion, the GIs universally hailed the return of the independent vote to the community and the election of fine people to lead it. The national press continued to show interest in what had happened. Uh, finally, on the first anniversary of the violent election, The Times reported Today it appears that this political coalition of World War II veterans for direct action in community affairs, which many at the time regarded as a factor likely to develop nationally in the post war period, was purely a local phenomenon in which veteran participation was incidental. With this epilogue, the press turned away from tiny Athens. Knox Henry served two terms as sheriff of McMinn County and was succeeded succeeded by Otto Kennedy. Paul Cantrell, after seeking temporary asylum in Chattanooga, returned to Etowah and continued to operate the bank there with his brothers. They're all dead now, as is Jim Buttram. Otto Kennedy still lives in Athens. This was as of 2007. Yeah. Patton Mansfield returned secretly to Athens on August 8, 1946 to resign his membership on the election commission. He met with Otto Kennedy for two hours, apparently with no ill feeling on either side, and then announced, I'm through with politics for good. It'll sure mess you up sometimes. I'm going back to railroading. Uh, Athens has not changed that much in the 40 years since. Uh, In the 40 years, that'd be... Well, this story's got to be... I don't know what that... Yeah. Uh, there's a new... Or in the 40 years since, it hasn't changed. There's a new courthouse, an imposing structure that is too large for its site. Uh, the old one burned down during renovations in 64. Farmers no longer gather on the square. Um, in the mid-50s, Athens was isolated by a new highway that intercepts Highway 11 south south of Neota and rejoins at Riceville. Along with a new Athens grew... A town of McDonald's, Kawasaki, and Pizza Hut. If you ask people along the street about the election of August 1946, they'll point up White Street and mumble something vague about a shootout. There are no signs or monuments to commemorate the event. People have forgotten or do not wish to remember it. But the the graying manager of a local store, a friendly sort, and gentle with his grandchildren, squeezed off round after round at the jail that night. And the driver, Susan behind the wheel of his cab, not really caring whether he catches a fare or not, helped wrap and toss the deadly bundles of dynamite that sailed through the night air. There's still a lot of people in that county that remember what happened. So, I think you need to remember what happened. Like, what, yeah. what drove them to do that? Yeah, so there's, I mean, just... I and mean, then, then the
1: G.I.s even stopped the townspeople from killing them. I mean, it wasn't about just, like, murder and for them. They, they just wanted a fair yeah. shake at...
0: And then when it was very fucking obvious that they weren't yeah. going to get it, and the God, just... and the Cantrell side was clearly fine with just, like, shooting people. and yeah. So whatever
1: it took to keep it the status quo. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, I mean, you can say what you want about fucking uprisings and protests and riots, but shit doesn't get done any other way. Yeah, they're not going to... You can give me that vote bullshit all you want. Yeah, like,
1: Tappernick tried to kneel, and that didn't... Yeah. That just divided everybody more. That wasn't more. Good enough. I mean, this is dividing people more, but at least shit's happening. They're taking out statues. I mean, they're, people are defunding police. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been seeing a lot of stuff where, like, uh, they're taking money away from the police, giving it to, like, Black Lives Matters movements, things like that. I mean, there's definitely... It's it's had an effect.
0: I mean, there's just... There's a lot of... Like, the police need to funded. like a lot of that money needs to go to other shit like i i work in the social work field yeah and it's so underfunded
1: so they don't need a police tesla they do not i <laughs> <Tesla. laughs> see that all the time we're like and then they'll be like we got it or like you know the, the police mustang or you know like yeah, yeah. got it from a drug dealer there's just like fuck that sell it and give the money to the city police Hummer. yeah
0: yeah there's just i mean i know like social work is super underfunded so you can't like it's hard to get like schools, the amount of people you need. Schools are underfunded, I mean, teachers like are people underpaid. As are kids,
1: you know, I mean.
0: Yeah, how about we fucking educate people? Yeah. Like, why don't we educate people? Make better, smarter. Instead citizens. of waiting
1: for them to fuck up and then, yeah, continually fucking them
0: up. Quit fucking like uh, the fucking prisons that are oh my God. basically. The more you can, the more you can put in, the better.
1: Populations are just just skyrocketing, yeah.
0: and yeah. It's... So, I mean... The world's fucked. I just thought it was interesting that there was a story of back in the... You know, after World War II, a bunch of veterans said, Hey, fuck you. You're not doing this anymore. And it's... Today, it's looked back on by a lot of...
1: I can't believe, like, there's... I was wondering about that. Like, if you went to visit, they would have signs. I don't know. Make it like a tourist thing.
0: I mean, I would... Maybe with all this stuff going on, the story gets brought up more. Yeah. So, I mean, you know... It's a good story.
1: It's very interesting. Our
0: entire... The world's history is built on revolutions. Yeah. That's just how shit happens. Yeah. Like, for everybody that's like... I like, think
1: everyone got comfortable. Well, I know everyone No got one wants to participate in history. Like, yeah. no one wants yeah. to be
0: living that shit. So, it's fine and dandy to read about it. It makes for good movies. I
1: mean, we've had, like, protests here, but it's nothing like what's going on yeah. in major cities. And I couldn't even imagine being at something like that. I mean, it's just... Everybody is just... there's just... And it's justified, but there's just so much anger.
0: Well, was, I was talking to the other night, and I said I said that it was a powder keg that was lit by thousands of matches. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much shit for years now that just nothing ever gets done, nothing changes. We get a president like Obama who fucking says all this shit about making changes and all, does all that. He does nothing. Yeah. He did nothing for eight years. He made shit worse. Yeah. And...
1: But he was a nice guy, at least. I mean,
0: he was well spoken. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was smarter than Trump. Yeah. Congrats.
1: Trump's just such a slug.
0: But, I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I want to end the episode real quick. Uh, uh, how did I scroll away from that? So, not going to end this on a uh, happy note. But, so, <gasps> Brianna Taylor. I'm sure you know.
1: Yeah. Killed in her apartment when police broke into it at the wrong place and uh, they were shot the, her sleeping. They
0: weren't later at the wrong place. So they entered her home on March 13th, 2020. Uh, it was the Louis- Louisville Metro Police Department. Entered her home executing a no-knock search warrant. Her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, exchanged gunfire with the officers, believing they were intruders. Uh, Brianna Taylor was shot eight times God during the ex- during the exchange. The officers who executed the no-knock search warrant did so while the LMPD was searching for two people who were already in police custody, and suspected of selling controlled substances out of a drug house, more than ten miles away.
1: So they were—I mean, they were at the wrong. I mean, how did they even get to her apartment? There? So, okay, one sorry. of the people.
0: alright, one of the people in custody, Jamarcus Glover, had a prior relationship with Taylor. Uh, the warrant included Brianna Taylor's residence because it was suspected of receiving uh. drugs. And because a car registered to Taylor had been seen parked on several occasions in front of Jamarcus Glover's house. No drugs were found in the apartment. So since she had had a relationship with this guy and had been in his house a couple of times. Yeah. The cops just assumed, well, she must be involved too. Just broke so, in. And I, I, Didn't have to
1: announce themselves because was a new knock warrant. Right.
0: I think her boyfriend might. I don't even. This might not be true, so I hate to even say it. Like, yeah. fact. If you listen to this, fact check me. But I think her boyfriend was like either involved in drug... like selling drugs, or suspected of it. But yeah. still, it doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Like none of it matters. And he
1: was arrested, but they let him go. They let right? him go. Yeah, good.
0: And I just read earlier tonight Rand Paul, who is, got he's shit bag of a human, uh-huh. but he is putting forth a bill to. And no knock searches. Good. Uh, But, yeah, so Kenneth Walker, the boyfriend, was licensed to carry a firearm and fired first, injuring a law enforcement officer. Again, he thought they were intruders. Yeah. Like, fucking storming. When people have guns, that's
1: what they have guns for when people, you know,
0: attack their house. Uh, The police returned fire into the apartment with more than 20 rounds. God. According to a wrongful death lawsuit filed against the police by the Taylor family's attorney, Uh, the officers who entered Miss Taylor's home without knocking or announcing themselves allegedly opened fire with a total disregard for the value of human life. The officers, Jonathan Mattingly, an LMPD's police sergeant, Brett Hankinson, an LMPD plainclothes detective, and Miles Cosgrove, also an LMPD plainclothes detective, were all placed on administrative reassignment pending the outcome of an investigation. Uh... That's a great way to handle being murderers. Uh, nearly three months after Louisville Metro Police... Uh, so three months later, um, after they shot her and killed her, none have been arrested or charged, and the department has just now, I think it was today or like maybe yesterday, released the incident report from that night, Yeah, and it's almost entirely blank. Uh, the four-page report lists the time, date, case number, incident location, and the victim's name as well as the fact that she was a 26-year-old black female. The report redacts Taylor's street number, apartment number, and date of birth, all of which have been widely reported. It lists her injuries as none. Even though she was shot at least eight times and died on her hallway floor, God. Yeah, uh, it lists the charges as, quote, death investigation, LMPD involved, but checks the no box under forced entry. Even though the officers used a battering ram, to knock in her door. And they had
1: the people in custody.
0: They did. Yeah. 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 That's just.
1: And who? that's why the police need policed. Yeah. So. By people that aren't the police.
0: Because yeah, the police are policing themselves. They can't but they're, just they're, do whatever the fuck you want. Like That's since Yeah. There's no checks. There's no balance. So.
1: It seems like every time there's like something with these cops. Like I bet those cops. I mean. I, I'm speaking on turn here or whatever. But I'm sure like maybe those cops even have like past you know I mean I'm
0: sure man like again fact check this but like I I'm sure there's statistics out there like the amount of fucking cops that are involved in domestic abuse like at their own homes like just fucking that uh, that power goes like you're just a human I don't like cops at all and you applied for a fucking job yeah and now you think that you have more power like go fuck yourself yeah Yeah. So, arrest. Agreed. Yeah. So, we're going to end there. Happy, happy notes. Arrest the Uh, cops that
1: killed Brianna Taylor. fucking
0: arrest them. They're murderers. So, until next time, uh, we'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening again. Uh, Go, if you have iTunes or Google or uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever the fuck they call it now, um, even if you don't use it and you have it though, please go and subscribe to our account. That helps get more listeners and everything like that. Uh, share and like everything, um, leave reviews, everything, everything, everything on the
1: internet, share and like it, start with Twitter,
0: Facebook, uh, Instagram, and yeah, uh, we'd love to hear some feedback about any of our episodes, check out the past episodes, Anchor FM, Anchor.fm backslash middle-aged, Anchor.fm, yeah, all right, thank you guys,
1: see ya.